Welcome to Living Word Ministries with director and Bible teacher, Debbie Blank. Each week, Debbie examines current events through the lens of end times Bible prophecies. Please visit our website for information and past programs at livingwordministry.org. Now let's open our Bibles to focus on truths from God's Word with Debbie Blank. The Bible is perfectly clear on what's going to happen in these last days. However, it's impossible for us to know exactly how God's going to bring these things about. At this time last year, did you ever expect that there'd be an international health crisis? That we'd be looking at takes in a vaccine that hasn't even really been tested very much, so we don't know what's going into our body? Could we have foreseen the big tech censorship of free speech, let alone censoring the president of the United States? Who would have imagined so many would have allowed the government to take away our rights so that it would destroy our businesses, deprive our kids of going to school, even us not being able to celebrate Christmas and Thanksgiving like we do, not to mention the increase in suicides, depressions, all of that. We could not have anticipated this was going to happen. Even though the Bible says things were going to get worse in the last days, we didn't know how God was going to do it. Well, God's ways are not our ways. In Isaiah 55, 8, 9, it says, God's thoughts are not our thoughts, nor are his ways our ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are God's ways higher than our ways and our thoughts than God's thoughts. I tell you, times are different these days. And last week, we talked about this great reset that's taking place in 2021. We're going to continue a little bit of that. So we finished the discussion on the global government today that is part of this Grace Resets. And then we're going to continue on with the idea of talking about the great reset of our hearts, what our culture, what our government, what our world is doing to change the attitude of our hearts. And we are letting them. I'm Debbie Blank. We are living in these unprecedented times, biblical times like no other. Times in which we know God, his word, and his glory. We need to know those things in order to be prepared for what's going to take place. And I'm co-host Jackie Sailors. Some years ago, a conservative journalist was asked about the culture war in America, and he quipped, there is no culture war. There used to be, but the other side won. Maybe you feel the same way as we see Judeo-Christian values discarded, mocked, and persecuted. There has been a cultural and religious apostasy a turning away from God. The famous poet William Butler Yeats wrote a poem called The Second Coming. As he describes the culture that precedes the coming of the beast, he says this, Since things fall apart, the center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosened upon the world. The best lack all conviction, while the worst are full of passionate intensity. Does this seem to describe the world of today? Are we a culture heading for the beast of Revelation? What does Bible prophecy say about the world that increasingly rejects God? Oh, Jackie, I'm just so depressed listening to those things that you said, because that is exactly what we're seeing in our world today. All of the changes that are going place in our hearts, in our culture, in our society. And we're going to talk about those in just a few minutes. But before we do, we want to press on a very important aspect we didn't get to last week about this global government. And that's the basic dissolution of our Constitution. I have seen the legislative branch, the executive branch, the judicial branch in our government change just in the last year, not to mention the threat on our First and Second Amendment rights. Many people have called for a change in our Constitution, saying it's antiquated. 
Well, they're changing it before our eyes without even the people voting on the Constitution, which will then open up the door for us to be part of a world government because our Constitution is in disarray or maybe even dissolved if certain powers that be have the opportunity to do that. When you consider the changes in Congress, they're talking about adding more states so that they can have more senators from liberal states like Puerto Rico and D.C., We're certainly divided on party lines. There's no question about that. So nowadays, the Congress doesn't get along. It's the ruling party that dictates everything that's going to happen rather than people working together, a compromise. And there's no civility. They used to address themselves as Mr. and Mrs. And when they had conflicts and said anything negative, they were reproved for that. Well, now it's the norm on speeches on the floor. Uh, You talk about impeachment totally politically motivated. There was no treason. The president wasn't incapacitated. It was all politically motivated. Some people will say they were grounds. Others will say they weren't. But it's no question it was politically motivated. So they are controlling as the Congress, the legislative branch, the executive branch. And they want to do away with the electoral college, which is how we elect our presidents. They have already proven they will change their voting laws at the last minute to support their particular candidates. I wonder how many of you heard on January 8th of 2021 what Speaker Pelosi said that in effect was calling for a coup in our country. Pelosi asked Army General Mark Millay, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, to limit the president's access to the country's so-called nuclear football. That was according to the New York Times, so they did at least mention this. The newspaper spoke to other Pentagon officials who were reportedly hesitant to get involved in Pelosi's political match. Fortunately, the powers that be said that the military is bound to follow the president's orders. While military officials can refuse to carry out orders they view as illegal, they cannot remove the president from the chain of command. That would be a military coup. So in effect... Speaker Pelosi was asking for a military coup. It was publicized in the New York Times, and nobody has asked for her removal for doing something that was actually treasonous. So we see how the executive branch now is being undermined by the legislative branch. Then when it comes to the judicial branch, you're asking members of the Supreme Court to resign because of comments that their wives made. They are trying to add members to the Supreme Court so that they can fill it with people of their political persuasion. We see our governmental processes in these branches being totally undermined right now. We're talking about changing our Constitution on the fly. There is a procedure for changing our Constitution. It is written into our Constitution. There are ways to have amendments. We've made amendments over the years. There's no excuse for ignoring that. If people think that our Constitution is out of date, our forefathers planned ahead that that might happen, that there would need to be changes at some point in time, and we would go through a process. What they're doing is totally ignoring the process. And when you just ignore the process and do whatever you want to do, that's lawlessness. And in the end times, we're told to watch for periods of lawlessness, and that's where we are, where we have like an impeachment where it says you don't impeach except for high crimes and misdemeanors. And then I heard people say, well, that's ambiguous, and therefore impeachment is whatever we say it is. Well, that's not true, or it wouldn't have been placed in the Constitution with those limitations. And so you have people saying, let's just pack the Supreme Court with as many people as we want, and in effect, they are 
planning to pack it with activists so that that will be a second legislative branch. It's just messing with the powers of the three branches and the checks and balances. It's totally throwing away our Constitution. When you mention the media, they are complicit. They have the bullhorn if they want to use it. And so, as you said, they may mention something, but when they don't want to let go of something or they want to twist the facts, they won't let go, and you hear it day and night. But if they want to ignore something and not cover it, that's just as powerful. And then you talk about the First Amendment freedom of speech that we have or had. We'll talk more about that today. But when you consider the purpose of censorship, lying and deception is to control the information that we hear and that we read. Globalists want to hear and believe the narrative that they give us for this new world order. I saw something on Facebook about fake news. It was a picture of a lion with a cub in its mouth from two different perspectives. One perspective, you could see the lion holding the cute little cub. But from another stance, it looked like the lion was eating the cub. It's our perception of reality that depends on what we see and what we're shown. And we're being shown things and told things that aren't accurate. And you talk about censorship. How on earth are we having our First Amendment rights of free speech taken away by Twitter and Facebook and these other social media sites that are determining what we can say and what we can't say? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez called on Congress to look into a commission on media literacy to combat misinformation wait a minute, who's going to determine what's truth and what's misinformation? That's again being fed a narrative that people want us to have. The ACLU, fortunately, even as much as I don't agree with them on a lot of things, has come forward and they have shown concern about the social media accounts wielding unchecked power by these large tech corporations. And I'm I'm glad they have. But we're losing our First Amendment rights And the Congress isn't doing anything about it right now. When the chairman and CEO of YouTube declared that their role at YouTube is as an arbiter of truth, at least on the coronavirus, so they will only allow things that support the World Health Organization. Well, again, that's supporting one agenda. What about the people who have a different point of view who might disagree with it? They are not all wrong, those who disagree. What happened to our right to share discussions and debate things. That's being taken away from us. That's the First Amendment. The Second Amendment, President Biden said on his website, as President Joe Biden will defeat the NRA, again, his proposals include banning the manufacture and sale of so-called assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. He's going to charge $200 tax for a $12 magazine so that people won't buy them. I restrict the number of guns a person can buy per month and other restrictions on gun ownership. Well, that's his right as president to make those decisions. But what he's doing is he's chipping away at an organization that supports guns rights, which I think where's that freedom is free speech. And then he's chipping away at our right to defend ourselves. What we know is if someone's going to try and control us, the first thing they're going to do is take away our guns so that we cannot defend ourselves. We can never allow that to happen in the United States. Well, that is so important. To take away the right of people to defend themselves is a tyrannical act. So that's the kind of thing that our forefathers thought was so important that they put it into the Second Amendment. And you know, those amendments, First Amendment, Second Amendment, are first and second importance. They were set aside, not in the body of the Constitution, not as an afterthought, but to set it aside so that it would be emphasized. So that First Amendment, um, our right to free speech, 
is the most important thing. We talked about 1984 last week, and the Ministry of Truth is something that happens in, in tyrannical governments where when you asked who decides what's truth, they decide what's truth. Who decides what a hate crime is? They decide what a hate crime is. And therefore, there's no discussion. We were taught in journalism that in the free marketplace of ideas, the truth would rise to the top. So we're not really interested, if we're cutting off free discussion, in real truth. We're interested in propaganda and control by the government. I'm thinking about Google when you mentioned those different entities, Google and YouTube and so forth. Google was criticized a while back for providing a platform for China that had tools where they could censor the people. And they were criticized as a U.S. company that they would do something like that for a communist government. One of the concerns was that they they could turn those tools on us. And guess what? It looks like that's what they're doing. Did you ever think you'd see this? I didn't. But then times are changing. Why are they changing? They're changing because we're listening to one narrative that's been fed to us in our schools, in our government, in the media, even in our churches sometimes. It's difficult to have a godly mentality when the world is telling us something different. So we've been taught the false, something that's against what we as a country have stood for, and certainly when it comes to the word of God. That's why we've fallen into apostasy. Is that surprising that that would happen? No. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2 say, But the Spirit explicitly says that in the latter times, that's some statement referring to the end days before Christ returns, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Did you catch that? First of all, we're going to fall away from the faith, the truth of God, the salvation through Jesus Christ, the word of God. We're going to fall away from that. And when once we do that, then we pay attention to deceitful spirits. What are deceitful spirits? They're followers of Satan because Satan is a deceitful spirit. So they go from the truth that we've turned away from to the opposite, which is following evil, following deceit. And then finally, the doctrines of demons. They go down that slippery slope so much because they don't know what's true anymore. It's all deceit that we've fallen down into the doctrine of demons. And then it goes, by means of hypocrisy of liars seared into their own conscience as with a branding iron. And I think of that, the hypocrisy of liars, the fake news, the way that we've been presented with things in such a manipulative way to make us believe something that's different or wrong or false or only partially true. Hmm, isn't that what Satan did in the Garden of Eden, where he presented a half-truth to Eve that made her turn away from the truth and follow deceit? Then I think of the idea of seared into our conscience as with a branding iron. So you take a branding iron and you mark someone and they are marked forever. This idea is that they are marking us in our spirits, it says, in our consciences with this whole new anti-God philosophy that takes us away from the truth and leads us into this communistic utopia of having no God but the government. It's interesting that you said communistic utopia because I think you're exactly spot on there. When the world turns away from God, they need some sort of idealistic thing to fill that place, that that God-shaped hole that they leave vacant. They need to fill that with something. And so they have their own humanistic idealism, which generally lends itself towards socialism and communism and the kinds of utopian ideas that if you resist them, they can use all kinds of violence against you to shut you up so that they can have their way. Let's look at another scripture in Second Thessalonians 2, 10 and 12. 
It says, with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. I'm obviously starting in the middle of a thought here. But the idea is that there's a group of people who ignore the love of the truth. And so they're going to perish. For this reason, God's going to send upon them a deluding influence so they will believe what is false in order that they may be judged who do not believe the truth, who took pleasure in wickedness. Eventually, these people who turn away from God are going to be judged. But the point is God's going to give them a deluding influence because they consistently turn away from God. They have made a decision to follow the ways of the world, to gain their power from the world, to follow the ways of deception and untruth, and they eventually are going to be destroyed. Their wickedness is only short-lived here on earth as they enjoyed the pleasures of this world because eternity is going to bring about punishment. Listen to a statement that John MacArthur made to Laura Ingram recently. He said, America's in a moral freefall. You murder the babies in the womb. If you survive the womb, you try to seduce them into transgender sexual deviation when they're young. If they survive that, you corrupt them with a godless education. If they survive that, you have divorce in the family. And if they grow up to be adults, we drown them in a sea of pornography. This is a nation so far down in the sewer of immorality and wickedness that nothing surprises me. That's what John MacArthur says. A Barna statistic from 2020 shows that only 7% of adult Americans, 18 and older, hold a biblical worldview. That's 7% of us. That's it. Our kids, only 4% of our kids hold a biblical worldview. How can we live for God if we don't even know him? When you were speaking about John MacArthur's comment on abortion and the moral freefall, we've fallen even further than that. What I'm recalling is when the state of New York passed a bill that post-birth abortions were all right. And they celebrated that with cheers, and they lit up the New York Empire State Building in pink to celebrate it. That's what I call a moral freefall. So what's changed? I think it's the cancel culture that's changed us. They've canceled moral viewpoints. They've stopped us censored us from speaking on campuses about moral things. They've introduced sex education in the schools for the last umpteen decades so that kids think sex is okay. If you consider what they did in the Congress recently, they changed the wording so you can no longer refer to somebody as father and mother, son or daughter. It has to be parent or child or something else. Hmm, well, what does that do? Cancer culture? Maybe it'll cancer out the Bible. Because one of the other things that they've been talking about is you can't discuss slavery. We're going to have to go to this new educational agenda that this whole country started on slavery. And we have to deal with that for white supremacy. So they're incensed by the word slavery. Well, the Bible talks about slavery. The Bible talks about our father who art in heaven. The Bible talks against homosexuality. God loves the people, but the sin of homosexuality and the debauchery and the wickedness that we're seeing in this culture and the deceit and the hate, God talks against that. So if we speak against that, we're going to be canceled. That's the way our society is moving. Emir Safari said some of the greatest apostasy in our day is not teaching something that's doctrinally wrong, but rather failing to teach what is doctrinally right. We are ignorant into the word of God. We're not reading the word of God. Only a small percentage of people read the Bible every day. Most people get the Bible, if they go to church, 20 minutes a week in the church sermon. They say that one out of every five churches are going to close because of COVID. 
Right now, they're talking about 30% of adults no longer going back to church once we can after COVID is over because they're comfortable not going to church or they're comfortable at home. And yet scripture is very clear that we can't neglect the assembling together of one another, but we are. If you look at Acts chapter two, you see what the early church was like, and it was all about them coming together in worship and teachings and building one another up and encouraging one another, holding one another accountable. We're not doing that if people aren't going to church. So the apostasy, the hole, the sinking hole that we're falling into spiritually, I don't know that we can climb out of it anymore. That verse that you were quoting about don't neglect the coming together of each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, it says, especially as we see that day draw near. And what did they mean by that day? They meant the day of the Lord. The closer we get to the second coming of Jesus Christ, the more we should be meeting together, the more we should be encouraging each other as the body of Christ. And yet they're trying to interrupt that and make that harder and harder. I heard a pastor recently criticize somebody because they focused too much on the Bible and not on God. I thought, wait a minute, the Bible is God's word. That's how I know God is through his word. And he's criticizing someone because they know too much of the Bible? I heard somebody use a term, they called it bibliolatry. And they tried to say that that was a form of idolatry where you valued the Bible too much. You valued it over God. And instead of considering it to be God's word as it truly is and an honor to God, they called it something akin to idolatry. Mm. We have Muslims who say that our Bible has been corrupted because they have switched things around. Stories like Abraham sacrificing Isaac, they've changed it to be Abraham sacrificing Ishmael. And in order for their Quran or their words to be true, then they have to discredit our Bible. So people are questioning the Bible. Plus, of course, people don't want morality anymore. We want to do what we want to do. And that has taken us down that slippery slope of apostasy and turning away from God because God has standards. God has rules. He wants us to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. But we can't do that if we don't know the Bible. And we can't do that if we don't want to do that. Look at Methodist minister Emmanuel Cleaver, who happens to be a representative of Congress, Democrat from Missouri. He opened Congress with a prayer this year, ending in amen and a women. What's the purpose of that? Except to try and be uh, socially acceptable into our new terminology now that they've introduced there. But here's the thing that really bothered me. He said in his prayer, we ask in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma, and God known by many names by many different faiths. Brahma is a Hindu god of creation. So he's a Christian Methodist minister, and he's calling on a Hindu god in the Congress. And then he says, a god known by many names. So basically he's saying, we all worship the same god. We call him by different names, but we all worship him. This is the type of thing we're hearing, our kids are hearing, that are being promoted in the media rather than godly Christ-centered prayers and directions. That's why our country has gone down that slippery slope. We need to be careful. We need to turn back to God. We need to seek him first, his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto us. Things are going to change. They're going to get difficult. This is not going to be the America of our parents and grandparents. It's all going to be different now. The world has changed. But the Bible never changes. God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We can look to the word of God as truth. As a matter of fact, the only truth in this day of apostasy is the word of God. Because how do I know that what I'm hearing on the news or by even a good organization is true? How do I know a pastor's telling the truth? I don't, unless I have a plumb line for the truth, and that's the word of God. 
42% of America seek moral guidance from other sources than the Bible. It's said that over 50% of people don't believe in the truth of the Bible. We can't change their minds, but we can know the truth because it's that truth that will set us free. So learn about the Bible, learn about God, learn about the truth, because in this day of plurality, this is the only truth that we have, and it's the one we need to stand on. So when a culture turns away from God, we see people with less and less hope. What are some evidences of that in our culture, and where can we find hope? Suicide rates have skyrocketed during COVID, and it's not just COVID. This is the catalyst that's bringing about what's in our hearts. We have no hope if we're not walking with God, if we don't know him. In Fresno, California, suicide rates in June of 2020 were 70% higher than the previous year. Cook County, Illinois, up 13% in suicides over 2019. Los Alamos, California, tripled the number of suicides in the same year. We saw 81,230 people dying from a drug overdose just in the year from June 1st, 19 to May 31st to 20. That's an 18.2% increase over the previous 12 months. COVID deaths have only taken less than 1% of most people worldwide, unless you look at the age group over 65, which is about 2%. More than a quarter of Americans aged 18 to 24 have seriously considered suicide in the last 30 days. Now, we're seeing a huge problem here. Let's look at the people who don't have hope. According to Ephesians 2.12, remember that you were at that time, this is before the time of Christ, separated from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promises, having no hope and without God in the world. If you're in a situation like COVID and you have no job, you have no income, you can't see people, you can't go to school, you can't go into your jobs, and you don't have Christ, you don't have any hope. That's why all these statistics are so depressing. But when we have Jesus, we have hope. Let's look at Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So when we have a relationship with Jesus, we have peace. And we're going to find out here that we have hope too. Through Jesus, also, we have obtained our introduction by faith into the grace in which we stand and we exalt in the hope of the glory of God. Now, we may not like our circumstances, but that's not where our vision is supposed to be. Our vision is supposed to be focused on God. And when we do, we can exalt in hope with him because he promises he will never leave us and forsake us. He promises he will work all things together for good for those who love Christ and who walk according to his purposes. We can trust God in the worst of circumstances. So we have hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Other people don't have that. And not only this, it goes on to say in Romans 5, 3, but we also exalt in our tribulations. Well, if we understand the purpose of tribulations in Scripture, it's always to draw us closer to Christ. So we should exalt in them. Knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance proven character and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given us. So we see all these statistics and all these people who have no hope, who are depressed, who are struggling with life. And that doesn't say that we Christians aren't doing the same thing, but we can turn our struggles to Christ and trust in him. We have our eternal hope with him. We know that this world is just temporary. Our citizenship is not here. It's in heaven. That's what we can look forward to when things are really tough in this world. 
but the other people don't have hope. That's why it's our responsibilities as believers in Jesus Christ to share the love of Christ with others, with the people who don't have hope right now, to find out that they can have hope. They can have joy in the time of difficulties. Read the book of Philippians. Paul's in prison. Things couldn't be any worse for him. And the whole book's about joy when he writes that book, because he's got his joy in the Lord, not in his circumstances. And that's how God has called us to be. Thank you for joining us today on Living Word Ministries with Debbie Blank. This is a listener-supported show. If you'd like to support this program or contact Debbie Blank, you may do so at P.O. Box 540-003, Omaha, Nebraska, 68154, or visit our website at livingwordministry.org. Please tune in each week at this same time for Living Word Ministries with Debbie Blank.